1: of the 5 Reasons Podcast. My name is Chris Whittingham, joined as always by Ethan Skolnick. We are a full, comprehensive network covering all of Miami sports. Do check out our coverage of the Miami Heat with Miami Heat Beat, with the Miami Dolphins with three yards per carry and the fish tank, the Miami Marlins as they enter the offseason with swings and misses. the Florida Panthers going right now with Goldie on ice, and much more. But right now, the Miami Heat have not been off to the best of starts. They are 3-5 and five, uh, heading into uh, – we're taping this on a Monday afternoon, heading into a – A Monday night game with the Detroit Pistons, and so uh, really the biggest thing that Heat fans are looking for now is trade rumors, trade talk, and bringing on someone who's been on the forefront of coverage of the Jimmy Butler trade talks, and that is John Krasinski, covers the Minnesota Timberwolves for the Athletic after a long time doing so for the AP. John, we appreciate the time. Hey guys, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, so let's go ahead and start with uh, what was a disastrous result for the Timberwolves in Portland, losing by 30 on Sunday night. Uh, Jimmy Butler did not play. uh, Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins combined for 40 points in what was a very lackluster performance. How much over the course of these first 10 games have you started to see Jimmy Butler's presence? Linger in a negative aspect on this team.
2: Yeah, you know, I mean, when you watch these guys play, there are games that come along, and you look at it and you say, "Man, the weight of the drama, kind of the distraction, all of those things are are getting to them." And um, you know, there was the, the the game against Milwaukee just about a week ago, week and a half ago, where they lost by thirty as well, and and you just looked at it and you said, "Man, this is a team that is just not playing." very connected basketball right now and now in fairness coming coming off of the game against portland not only were they missing jimmy butler who was out but also jeff teague and derrick rose so they were pretty depleted especially when it came to the point guard uh duties and that against the blazers and you know dame lillard and cj McCollum is a problem um so there was a lot of depth issues that they're working with but there's no question that guys that they're you know every day that they show up at the arena they're not sure if Jimmy Butler is going to play or not this is up to him he makes these decisions and when it's when it's time for him to rest or sit out and when it's time for him to play and um, I think that they have tried their best and to put it behind them and to kind of focus on what's going on on the court but but human nature can get to you uh, when you're being asked about it all the time by the media when There is so much uncertainty surrounding who's going to be in and out of the lineup on a nightly basis. Uh, You know, when the head coach kind of appears to be sort of approving of the way that Jimmy's going about it by kind of by just letting him do what he wants. I mean, there's, there's all of these factors that come into play that have led to some of these games where you look at it and it's like, man, they just don't want to be on the floor right now.
3: So, John, let's split this into three parts here in terms of the different perspectives, and then I want to get into some of how the story's been reported and kind of where we are with that, because I I feel like uh, NBA fans have gotten an education on how sources are used and how stuff gets leaked and all of that in a way that I don't know that other trade stories have done, Um, and particularly Heat fans have gotten that, because Heat trade rumors typically make it as public as these have. And and I feel like a lot of that has been because of what's going on in Minnesota. So give you three names here. Tell me what you think their current positions are and what their current objectives are. Okay. Let's start with Tom Thibodeau. What is his position and what is his objective? Because like you said, right now, it appears he's willing to let Jimmy Butler do whatever the hell he wants. And I don't understand how that's being tolerated in the organization.
2: Yeah, I think with Tibbs, um, you know, coming into this season, and we've reported at The Athletic, it's been reported elsewhere, I think, you know, Jimmy has even acknowledged it publicly with Rachel Nichols, is that um, he had made it clear to the Timberwolves early on after the season ended last year that his future was not going to be in Minnesota. And you can kind of parse it and you can kind of play the semantic game in terms of, did he actually request a trade or did he say, uh, Tom, I'm not going to resign here? There's various ways he could have done it to really kind of paint that picture that it's time to move on. You should try and get what you can with me. And I think um, Tom Thibodeau, obviously knowing his position with the team, obviously knowing how important Jimmy Butler is both to Tom Thibodeau's hold on this job and really to the, to the Timberwolves chances for success. Uh, he went the Laker Kobe route instead of the Spurs Kawhi route and said, okay, um, no, we're, we're going to keep you, Jimmy. We're not going to trade you. Um, and I think all along what he had hoped and believed was that as we got to the season, as the game started, um as things uh as this the competition picked up that Jimmy Butler would just kind of jump right back in, start playing as he always did, uh have no issues, and they would win games, and that this would sort of go away, that this would all kind of dissipate and what he has found out is that's not the case. Jimmy Butler is not coming off of his stance for you know when it comes to wanting to be traded. Um, the Wil- wolves are not winning at a high level, at least not well enough to kind of calm some of those waters and even give them a chance of changing Jimmy's mind. And yet, you know, as we go on here, he is still very much dug in. He wants, he's driving a very hard bargain. Uh, when you talk to teams who are talking to the wolves, some of, you know, the, what they're asking price is very high. And Tibbs has said, look, he's the top 10 player in, in his eyes, which I believe you know, Tom is being genuine in his evaluation of Jimmy Butler as a top 10 player. We can all disagree. I and mean, make you can say top 12, top 15, whatever, but that's what Tom Thibodeau believes is that Jimmy Butler is a top 10 player. And so he is asking for uh, uh, quite a significant package in return. And there are plenty of people um, inside and outside the organization on teams that have dealt with the Timberwolves who believe, that Tom really doesn't want to trade him. And, and so um, there's a kind of, when, when you look at the way that, that Tom has gone about this, there's one of two ways. Either he wants you know a superstar for, for, uh, for Jimmy Butler, which is completely unrealistic, or he doesn't want to trade him at all. And um, either one of those uh, seem to have you know, their
3: own inherent problem. All right, so let's go to number 2 then because the guy who pays the bills there and writes the checks is Glenn Taylor. And I know obviously there's a long history there with players that they've traded that uh, and I know you had a, a recent interview with with Kevin Garnett where KG was pretty forthright about a lot of that stuff and not a lot of warm feelings towards Glenn Taylor, but why is Glenn Taylor allowing this to go on? Like if if Glenn Taylor wants Jimmy Butler gone at this stage, I mean he hired Tom Thibodeau. He can fire Tom Thibodeau. Why? Why is this dragging at the, to this degree?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I think that you know, there's a couple of things that factor in. <clears throat> excuse me, um, with Glenn on this front, and one is if you know, everyone remembers that when kind of the the, the news first broke, when we first reported that Jimmy Butler had requested a trade, um, there was a lot of speculation across the league that. Tom Thibodeau did not want to trade Jimmy Butler and that Glenn Taylor was going to have to be the one who became the proactive member of this organization and made a unilateral move. Uh, what Glenn Taylor, I, I believe, wants in this whole thing is some sort of consensus. Is you know He, he doesn't want to have to make his own move and and kind of usurp those that he has hired and paid a heck of a lot of money to uh to kind of make this decision. Now, um you know, Glenn has been forthright with teams who have called. He's been he's also said it publicly that um they you know, he expects that at some point here Jimmy Butler will be traded. And that's that's the edict that he has handed down, but he is also trying to be patient with the process even though there's, there are so many issues going on right now because he believes and I think Scott Layden and Tibbs to a degree believe that they have to wait for other teams to get desperate they have to wait for the Rockets to keep dropping games and and increase their offer they have to wait for the heat to uh to really uh kind of show that they're really not a factor in the Eastern Conference and so they have to swallow hard and maybe make an offer that they don't want to make or Philadelphia or Washington or the Clippers or any number of other teams that could get involved if they really, really want a star player to kind of jumpstart things. Um, So what is going to be borne out here over the next, I don't know, days, weeks, a month uh, as this saga plays on is do the Wolves have any chance of sort of clawing back a little bit of leverage? in this situation even with all of the drama around their team because they're going to take a stance that they're just going to dig in and plug their ears and kind of ignore all that noise and wait for another team to up their offer or will other teams say hey look the season's getting shorter we're not going to offer as much for for Jimmy Butler because we're not going to have him for as many games before we have to make a decision on signing him for the long term that's kind of the that's the line they're trying to walk right now. And it's, you know, it, it it's a precarious one.
3: All right. So the third one, and then I'm going to let Chris jump in here. Carl Anthony Towns. Um, what does he want? Because, you know, he has, a, a, unlike Jimmy, he's got a powerful agent in the NBA. He just signed the $190 million contract, which makes you the franchise player. And I mean, look, whatever the stories are behind the scenes, just watching the on-court chemistry from afar, it doesn't look right. Uh, so, What does he want? What kind of demands has he made? What kind of demands has Leon Rose made uh, to your knowledge? Like, how does he play into this?
2: Yeah, well, I mean, he's the face going forward. And whether Hibbs wants that or not, or whether, you know, other people want to dispute who is the best player on the team and, and, and try and choose sides between Jimmy Butler and Carl Anthony Towns. I mean, Towns is the guy who's going to be here. That's what we know. Towns knows that everyone knows it and so what I've seen from Carl through the this last eight weeks as this has unfolded is Carl is secure in his position and so he knows that he's going to outlast Jimmy Butler he knows that he's you know for almost for sure going to outlast Tom Thibodeau uh, assuming there there is some sort of change that is coming at the end of this season um you know the, the writing seems to to be on the wall that at least at the very least tibbs is on on the hottest of hot seats and whether he's salvageable or not we'll see but um but but carl knows he's sort of cemented here and and so what i've seen from him is that he doesn't want to get into the middle of this right now he sees all of this drama playing out and he sees how tom thibodeau has made himself look terrible he sees how jimmy butler has not helped himself in the court of public opinion and he's like, man, um, you know, I'm just gonna put my head down and do my thing. I'm not gonna get into a war of words. I'm not going to even kind of let people know behind the scenes that that I'm all that upset anymore. Because he had those conversations with the organization this summer as his extension uh, uh, situation played out. He waited until September to sign that, and that was a sort of a message to the organization that there are some, some things that he felt he was not happy with and he needed to be addressed. And, and so as this now has unfolded, um, he's kind of just, he's saying all the right things publicly. He has not to my knowledge uh, kind of gone the backdoor route off the record, but belly aching or things like that. He said, look, they have to, that's they have to handle this themselves. I'm not going to get in the middle of it. And, so, so he's been worked very hard to keep himself out of that fray. Now, um, if I'm putting myself in his shoes, guys, I'm looking at this and looking at the way it's been handled and essentially the way it's been endorsed. And I have real issues with it. And, and I, and I look at it and say, man, this is just unprofessional all the way around. Um, and he may think that privately, but to this point, he has not made that those indications known anymore since the season has started. He's just said, look, you guys are, you digging your own graves. You know, you guys go ahead and handle this yourselves and, and I'll, I'll just, focused with what's on the court.
1: I have a question about something that we've sort of been debating internally: is what did the Heat offer, or what did Philly offer, or Houston offer? Like, there there are mm-hmm. sort of different notions. Do you have any clarity on what actually is on the table right now?
2: Well, there, there's certainly been kind of uh, back and forth, and at some point, some offers have been made and taken back, or or rejected, and kind of you know. So it's it's hard to say like exactly where they are right now but I I do I will say that sort of in fairness to Tibbs and and Glenn Taylor and Scott Layden who have been kind of raked over the coals for how this has played out in some ways um, I do think that some of their position has been justified because you know we all know at right at the beginning right at the outset uh, Miami didn't want to offer Josh Richardson in a deal now myself and Shams and I think a few other outlets have also reported that eventually Josh Richardson became available uh, at some point in this in this situation. Um, the the Rockets, for example, just they did offer four first round draft picks uh recently, as as ESPN first reported. I can confirm that um, the the Wolves rejected that because they didn't want the the flotsam that they would have had to take back to make it work, i.e. Brandon Knight and Marquise Chris, um, and so. There are I, I do think that there have been other packages with Houston with Eric Gordon maybe and, and, and some picks uh, I don't know exactly how far down the road the wolves have gotten with teams like Philadelphia with teams like Washington I know they had discussions with the Clippers who were who have been to this point very reluctant to offer Tobias Harris who is kind of one of Tibb's favorites in terms of possible targets to land in, in a Jimmy Butler trade. Um, So, you know, this thing has evolved through several iterations over these past few weeks. Uh, I will say right now, guys, I don't think that there's anything that's like immediately on the table right now that the Wolves are, are really considering. I think after all of the back and forth, after sort of the goalpost moving and the, He said, he said stuff. Um, Some teams have pulled back on this for a little bit and tried to let things calm down. So um, I, you know, from, from what I understand, at least from what the offers that the Wolves believe they have available to them right now, they don't believe that any of those are really high quality offers. And, and so uh, I think this thing could drag on for a little while longer because of that, because we're in this holding pattern right now
1: so there there was a night i i i just want i just want to follow up real quick um John, there was a night, there was a Sunday night that ESPN, I've heard Zach Lowe and Rachel Nichols talk about this, where there was a Sunday night where they all canceled their dinner plans because they thought that a deal was going to happen with Miami yeah. and that and that Jimmy said to Rachel Nichols, we'll do the interview in Miami because they were that certain that yep. a trade was going to happen. Do you know what the framework of that trade was?
2: Not exactly, but I do know that Richardson was absolutely a part of it. Save big
4: money on your Outdoor Project now at Menards. We have everything you need to keep your Outdoor power equipment running smooth so you can keep that lawn in tip-top shape or enjoy some time on your boat right now all fvp lawn and garden and marine batteries are on sale through may 5th check out our entire selection of fvp batteries today and view our weekly flyer on menards.com for more great deals
2: there were discussions on who else would come with him to make that deal work. And this is just speculation on my part. Was it Kelly O'Linick? Was it Dion waiters? Who I think the wolves are pretty lukewarm on something like that. And, and a draft pick that, yeah, I, I, I believe that that whole weekend starting on the Friday and then going into Saturday and Sunday of that weekend, I was on red alert as well. I thought they were very close to a deal and everyone was sort of operating under those, that understanding, the medicals were being exchanged. Now, I will tell you that the Timberwolves have really been reluctant to push back on any of the rumors and speculation, any of the reporting that has gone on through this. That's just not the way that Tibbs and Scott Layden do business. They just, if it means that they take some L's publicly, they do it. They don't really care about that. But I know that when it was reported that that the Wolves and, and Heat had a deal in place and that Tibbs changed the parameters at the last minute. I heard internally from the Wolves some pushback on that, and they said that this was it was not that simple. I'm not saying that's true or not, but I do know that there are people within the Wolves organization that think the Heat were as responsible for that falling apart as the Wolves were. Again, there's all sorts of competing agendas with this thing, I think you hear different perspectives from different sides and the truth is probably somewhere in the middle.
0: We'll get back to our episode here in a second, but first want to tell you about a great new sponsor of the 5 Reason Sports Network and that is Brunt Insurance where you can find all of your protection under one roof. Brunt Insurance offers home, auto, commercial and life insurance and they're licensed to write insurance for the entire state of Florida. That's Pensacola all the way down to the keys. They've got multiple carriers for all the product lines to ensure that you're paying the lowest possible rate in your area. They're also, and this is important, a proud sponsor of the Homes for Heroes program, which offers special discounts for first responders, teachers, military, and healthcare professionals. You can find them at bruntinsurance.com. They've got a full website there again for auto, home, life insurance, as well as financial services or call the number 954-589 two two zero four and tell them that five reasons sent you.
1: The 5 Reasons Podcast is also brought to you by Doral Toyota, where you can find all your favorite Toyota models, whether you're looking for a new, used, or certified pre-owned vehicle. Doral Toyota is located at 9775 Northwest 12th Street, just a few blocks from International and Dolphin Malls. Experience the Doral difference, which means four years complimentary maintenance and roadside assistance on all new vehicles. In-house financing is available for credit-related issues. If you mention 5 Reasons when you call 305 680 two nine Come into the dealership, you will work with a dedicated manager, not just a salesman. Unlike other dealers, Dorado Toyota prides itself on an honest and transparent buying process. That's Dorado Toyota, com or stop in at 9775 Northwest 12th Street. Yeah, what's been
3: weird about it, John, again, is that the Heat don't operate in public. It doesn't mean that they always, mm-hmm. you know, are in the right on every situation. It just means that they don't operate this way. And that's why, mm-hmm. when you mentioned it later, Tibbs don't. I mean,. <laughs> I mean, this is total anathema to, you know, anathema to, to Riley. I mean, this is, I mean, this is not the way they do business. And I think it's actually had a lingering effect on the team. I, I don't believe that Eric Skolstra had his typical training camp. Um, and th- part of that was injuries. And part of it was it did seem like the Heat were holding certain guys out on certain nights. Um, and I also think that you know yeah. if you're a player and the whole heat roster has heard its name in trade talks at this point and, and the way that they've come out of the gate totally disconnected, I mean that's one thing we're not talking about. Their records worse than Minnesota's right now. like, and <laughs> you know and, and I, I don't think that's what they anticipated with the schedule that they've played that they would have losses to Orlando okay and Sacramento and you know and, and the kind of losses that, that they've had to start the season. I mean two to Charlotte, which looks like an improved team, but you weren't expecting to drop both of them and then to lose in Atlanta also. I mean, no drawage but still, I mean, it's it's a fairly pathetic performance and you've given up 125 a night lately. So I think that has led into it. I guess the larger issue with all this beyond the offers and everything else is this question that we've kind of posed internally. And I, I gotta admit I've sort of turned on this one. I was very much for the heat trading for Jimmy Butler. I didn't want them to trade Josh Richardson just from a the heat perspective. But if they had to, I was like, okay, if that's the cost of doing business, you need to get some kind of an alpha. But i got to be honest, John, the way he's handled this situation, um, I mean, he would have brought in some guys that have disgruntled before. That's kind of Riley's M.O. That's how he got Zoe. It's how he got Shaq. It's- Nash wasn't happy in, in, uh, in Dallas. Hardaway wasn't happy in Golden State. Dragic wasn't happy in Phoenix. I mean, even LeBron and Bosch weren't happy where they were. I mean, this is kind of what he does. But... The way Jimmy's handled this, I mean, you're around him all the time. Is he worth the trouble? I mean, top ten pick or not, or top ten player or not, top ten player. Do you think he's damaged himself in any significant way here?
2: Well, um, I will say that first of all, he is really, really good. Um, you know, he when he is playing and playing well, he has a remarkable impact on winning and losing with with this organization. I mean, this is a team that did not make the playoffs for 13 straight years who had some good young pieces in towns and Wiggins and, and, and others, but just couldn't get over the hump. And Jimmy Butler was really the guy who got him over the hump. I mean, he, when you look at his wind shares, when you look at his PER, when you look at all of those things, it's through the roof. And, and so he is remarkably effective that way. Um, I do think when you talk about bringing him into your organization, you do have to look at what what you have around him um and and so i think that jimmy butler could be a good fit in miami because uh number one is you have strong leadership in pat riley and eric spolstra um you also have kind of a team that that isn't relying on super young guys to make super big contributions i mean some of the the friction that Jimmy had in Chicago, some of the friction that he's had here is that you know the, he had 22-year-olds, 23-year-olds uh, that were huge parts of what they're trying to do and and huge keys to their success. Where um, I think Jimmy at this stage of his career wants to be with guys who are 27, 28, 29. Um, and, and, and older and a, maybe just a little more ready to be competitive right away. And so uh, th- I think there are a few teams out there who have been turned off by what they've seen from, from the way that this is all played out and said, "Yeah, we're not going to give up a huge amount of assets to bring Jimmy Butler in. Um, but I do think that a, 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 an organization like the Heat with that is constructed like the Heat that's, fa- you know, basically that needs, a player of Jimmy Butler's caliber, like the heat, I think that could work out. I don't think that they'd be walking out on too much of a limb, you know, to, to do this uh, with him. The only thing to me that you would have concerns about if you're any team, if, if you're the heat bringing Jimmy Butler in is, you know, how healthy is he going to be? He does miss games. Uh, there's no question about that. And so if you're going to sign him to a long-term deal, is he going to be be able to stay healthy and stay on the court long enough and and enough to, to kind of fulfill the value of that contract? But um, yeah, he, he's a very strong personality. Um, he does, he's not for everyone. He does not rub some people the right way. Um, you know, people around the organization, some teammates, things like that. But I think that, You know, a team like the Heat, I do. I think he could fit in there and 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 do well there.
1: I have a question on what's going on at the moment. Is he sitting out because he doesn't want to play, and because he wants to, you know, continue to exercise leverage to force a trade? What's been happening with him this weekend, or is he genuinely hurt?
2: No, I mean he's not genuinely hurt. I mean, I think like his body is a little bit sore because he didn't have a training camp. Um, And why didn't he have a training camp? Because this was all going on. Uh, But at the same time. Do I think that if Jimmy Butler was totally happy with Minnesota, if he had his contract in place, if if he felt that this was organization was the place he wanted to spend the next four or five years, would he have sat out two of the last four games? Um, would one of those games, you know against uh, Utah last week uh, on a Wednesday sandwiched in between two off days? would he have sat that out? No, I don't think he would have.. Um, I think that the motivation right now for him is to make sure that he stays healthy through this whole thing. And so whenever he does get traded, he goes somewhere and his body is ready to really contribute and really take off. Um, So I don't think he's 100%, but there is 100% no doubt in my mind that the approach that they are taking with this whole, Situation, and you know, I might play tonight. I might play tomorrow. We'll see. Kind of a thing is all about the trade situation. It all comes back to that. And you know, he doesn't have um, a knee injury right now. He doesn't have a a, a sprained ankle like Derrick Rose does. He doesn't have any of that. It's just like, like, like Tib said. There's some soreness that he's going through. And a player who has such a reputation for being as tough as Jimmy Butler. Does and and playing through things, if, if all things were equal and and he was happy and there was none of this backdrop, he'd be playing right now. And and but because there is so much uncertainty and because he wants to make sure his body is totally ready for wherever he goes next, uh, he is definitely taking more of these days off uh, than he
1: would have otherwise. Which of these two teams do you think reaches a tipping point first?
2: Yeah, I I, I don't know how to answer that Chris to be honest because the the one thing that I think is almost playing in the Timberwolves favor right now is that uh, Tom Thibodeau is well known as one of if not the most stubborn coaches and executives in the league and he has made it clear to everyone that he he's okay with all of this drama that is going on he doesn't it doesn't bother him one bit and so um, I think that as this continues to play out, as more of this comes to the forefront uh, and, and, and other teams around the league are saying, how can they not do something to address this? And every day that they don't, it almost kind of sows little more seeds of doubt in the backs of other executives' mind. Like, are they really going to carry this out even further? Are they really willing to kind of risk the damage long-term damage it could inflict by continuing this out. And the more doubt that that comes in, maybe, maybe it does force a team like Miami or another team to say, all right, you you said you've been holding out for this piece or that piece. Here it is. Let's just do it. Um, so I, I think that's entirely possible right now um, because it's been chaotic around this organization guys for, for, for eight weeks. And and Tom Thibodeau hasn't batted an eyelash about it. He's just plowing forward, and so uh, I think he's willing to have a steering contest with a lot of these other executives, and um, my money is not on him blinking before before another before another team does. The weird part
3: about it for me, John, and we'll let you go on this, uh, is that if you don't believe that necessarily is going to be here beyond this season and I think that's the conventional wisdom at this stage mm-hmm. I just don't understand I've never understood why owners allow executives that they're planning to fire to make huge decisions for the organization it's like when you see in the NFL draft it happens all the time that like you know a GM is fired after the draft well why right like, it's like you, you yeah basically set the course of the franchise for the next three or four years and now we're gonna let this guy go it's a, that's the part of all of this. Okay. And I know there's stuff behind the scenes with Townsend Butler and obviously, you know, the relationships that the the Wolves have with other teams and everything else that's going on. But the strangest part of the whole thing for me is like why Glenn Taylor is allowing Tom Thibodeau to continue to be his point person on this. I I just, that's the part I don't get because if you're saying, okay, he's going to stay, but he's just going to be the coach. Okay. Okay. Um, he still shouldn't be making these decisions, I, and and so that's the part you know again that I I just I just don't get. I will say this: I I think that the Heat start and has played into the Wolves' favor because mm-hmm. the only thing we have to talk about with the Heat right now is their new vice jerseys. Like I, I mean, that's You're right. It's really, it's really where we're at. And so whereas I felt all along that that the, the the Heat had the majority of the leverage here, you know, I do think it's tipped where it's like neither team has leverage at this stage because the heat um, are just are just so desperate Um, but your final thing here and we can do this one quickly But I'm just uh, for your view on this you've talked about you know compensation and what's been offered and all the rest Mm. of this and again the other thing that's been a little confusing to me John is are the Wolves looking to compete or are they looking to rebuild because that's I mean in the Western Conference right now I mean they're going to be scrapping for a playoff spot under any circumstances so is there any interest in the organization in just going young, picking up picks and just starting over? Do you think there's any appetite for that?
2: I don't think there is much of one, Ethan. Um, What they look at is they just got out of a 13 year drought. And even though in a lot of these situations where you have a disgruntled star that wants out and you want to trade him or, or he wants to be traded uh, where a lot of teams will go into full on rebuild mode um, and just asset accumulation and, and try and come out of it in a couple of years. I don't get the sense that there's much of an appetite for that here, and I don't think that's just the Tibbs thing. Obviously, Tibbs needs to win as much as possible in the short term to have any chance of keeping his job. There's no question about that. But I do think that the Wolves in general, and Glenn Taylor probably is part of this, sees that, okay, they have Carl Anthony Towns, uh, who they believe is a franchise centerpiece. They have Andrew Wiggins, who is paid like one, And needs to play a lot better, but they think is very talented. Um, And then they have uh, some more talent around them that they really like, a Josh Kogi to Tibbs's credit and Scott Layton's credit looks to be a really good draft pick. Um, And and so they have pieces that they believe um, should prevent them from having to go full rebuild. And so if they can add pieces that you know add a draft pick, add a, a Josh Richardson type player um add you know one other piece like that that can allow them to stay competitive and stay in the mix for a playoff spot that's their preference they don't want to just take like the houston off or four first round draft picks and kind of be forecasting six seven years down the road with what those picks are going to be and 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 how they go about that they're right or wrong and you can make arguments um against it for sure but they want to do something to remain as relevant as possible in the near term and hopefully position themselves a little bit better for the long term.
3: Well, John, we appreciate you taking the time. Thank you. I think you guys, I mean, you and Shams and, and Sam Amick have done really good work on this. And uh, I think it's been work that hasn't kind of called attention to itself, which, which I appreciate. So, and I know a lot of readers do. So definitely follow his work. We'll be tweeting all of it out. Um, we call you John K because my pronunciation of all things is terrible. Uh, but... <laughs> that works. But, but but it's not just you. We're having Haverstro on uh, tomorrow and, and that's gonna be a disaster when I try to pronounce that 12 times. So, <laughs> so uh, John, really appreciate the time. Thanks, and uh, hopefully we'll see you down the road.
2: You bet, thanks a lot, guys.
0: you for listening to the fire in the pocket thank
4: you so much save big money at menards let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from Adforce. it's easy to install durable against the elements and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screens